91.7 WVXU is proud to support this and other locally produced podcasts through its podcast network for an easy-to-navigate curated list of some of the best local and national podcasts. Visit Podcast Central at wvxu.org slash podcast central. Welcome to The 12th Story, a podcast produced by Cincinnati's Mercantile Library, where readers gather to engage, connect, debate, and discuss. The Mercantile Library is 183 years old and is the literary center of Cincinnati. Throughout the year, the Mercantile Library hosts authors and speakers, book discussion groups, and other civic events. Our working library with more than 80,000 books available to members, and we're located at 414 Walnut Street in downtown Cincinnati and online at mercantilelibrary.com. And we also welcome new members and guests. Joining us today is Eli Miners, the DOMO, that's Director of Museum Operations at 21C. He's the father of two boys, and he enjoys art, soccer, and being outside. Eli, welcome. Thanks for having me, man. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I would so, also, I forgot I should have add, added architecture to that list. Oh, architecture. That, add, that, was, that was my bad. That's okay. Uh, so just mentally, architecture is yeah. on the list. Yeah. Um, so tell me what uh, the, the Domo's job at 21C is. Um, I like to say I get in where I fit in, you know. Um, I got the job at 21C um, almost exactly six years ago now and um, was promoted to director of museum operations from my position as a museum manager uh, because we needed somebody who oversaw the operation side of, museum man or of, of 21C's museum. Our chief curator and director, Alice Grace Deitz, um, was doing literally everything at that time. Um, curating shows at every property, managing the, the growth process of the museum. Actually, could, if I could jump in, yeah. why don't you tell us what 21C is, just in yeah, case sure. anyone's not familiar. Um, 21C is a museum hotel, and um, we have eight locations now across the Midwest. We're growing really rapidly, and um, we're an, a pretty amazing institution. If, if you're not familiar with it, it's I, I feel little egomaniacal saying that the place that I work for is amazing, but I feel that way. Um, we are open 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, free to the public, and we have one of the most incredible contemporary art collections around. Uh, you are able to see the zeitgeist of the contemporary art world in Cincinnati, Lexington, Louisville, Kansas City, Nashville, all of these places that, that while they have great art communities, don't have um, places that provide this level of access to contemporary art that, that 21C does. Uh, so uh, it's a boutique hotel that was started by Steve Wilson and Larley Brown. They had this amazing collection, and they were trying to figure out a way to share it with people. And they figured out that by merging museum with hotel, they can keep it open 24 hours a day and make it accessible. Um, so all of our programs are free. And the collection is growing at a breakneck speed, just like the brand. So it's Excellent. pretty cool. That's interesting. So the, it's like the hotel drives the museum rather than the museum drives the hotel. Is that accurate? I mean, uh, you, the, the hotel attracts people to the museum rather than the museum attracting people to the hotel, or both at the same time? I would time? say it's a more symbiotic relationship okay. than that. And, it, and if you were going to put one as the, the dominant force, I would say the museum is the dominant force. We even train our sales team that we are a museum first and foremost. There, as you can imagine, there are a lot of sacrifices that uh, traditional hospitality and event salesperson, uh, hotel salesperson, 
um, hotel operations, F&B operations have to make um, when you've got a world-class art collection on the walls. Um, some of those compromises are are a result of the content of the, the artwork and the way that guests might respond to it. Some of it's simply about you know losing square footage in a space because we are a gallery before we are an event space. Um, and then it's also about protecting that work. So it's a really fascinating uh, model, one that I've, I've not seen anywhere else. Uh, there are, of course, hotels that show art in them, but not exhibitions, not they, they don't have curator, curators driving the mission of the brand. Mm. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's, it's a unique model to be sure. Interesting. I, I spent some time, I've worked in hotel sales for a while. Okay. And I'm picturing me going to my boss saying, well, we couldn't book that group because some of the art was interfering. It would have just been like, well, let's give it to the art. <laughs> Right, and that's, yeah. those are conversations that we have, and people, it's part of the training process because a salesperson is driven by revenue. Um, so when they come to 21C, um, they have that background, and we help them see that short-term, yes, you may lose a client, but the people that come to us are the people who come to us for who we are, mm -hmm. not what we are long-term. Uh, long-term, uh, it's our belief that because of the quality of the exhibitions that we put forth, the content within those exhibitions and the decisions we make as an institution, we will grow and outpace any of our competition mm -hmm. in air quotes. Um, so it, it, it is a challenge, I'm sure, for a lot of people to adapt to this environment, but it's, it's what we are. Before I interrupted you, you were telling me about your job as domo so yeah let me let me pretend i didn't interrupt you and go ahead <laughs> so yeah so um it's an interesting job the best one i've ever had it it encompassed in that title is basically anything that needs to get done um we you'll see i'm dressed casually your your listeners will notice that i'm dressed casually <laughs> um because I was working on an installation today. Uh, so my background as an art handler from when I was a kid comes into play. Um, the things that I learned uh, in my time practicing architecture and interior design come into play from the standpoint of planning and problem solving. The, um, the things that I've learned in, from and through many different opportunities uh, help me from the standpoint of managing the operations in terms of budgets and personnel and all of those sorts of things. So it's everything from hiring our museum managers at all of our properties, supervising them, uh, overseeing the development of budgets both for our properties and our brand, um, and then just you know helping whenever I can with these crazy, strange projects that 21C uh, brings about. Excellent. Yeah. So um, one thing I've noticed when I've been to 21C is uh, and I have to say, my I have I don't have any art background. I'm coming at this as a complete layperson, but okay. um, the art seems challenging. But the challenge isn't. I challenge you to look at me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that the art, the collection at Twenty One C seems to me to be accessible, more accessible to to use your term, most lay people. Um, because there's a great deal of figurative work, there's a great deal of photography, um, 
there's a great deal of humor and fun, uh, while there is also really challenging works. As you can, you know, we're we're we are focused on the the art of of today, and that art discusses the issues of the day. And this is a complex time that we live in, uh, and the work reflects that. Um, you'll see topics of gender norms, uh, sexuality, race, politics, privacy, uh, all, anything that is being discussed in our news feed today, you're going to see on our walls. And it's, uh, it, it is very much challenging work, but it is also really beautiful. Yeah. And um, again, accessible, I think, more so than most con people conceive of contemporary art to be. I completely agree. Um, one thing that, that you just said that kind of surprised me is I assumed most of the art that comes through 21C would be sort of a traveling, or not, not necessarily something you guys would be part of your collection. No, that's, it's the opposite. Um, I would say 99.5% of what you see displayed at 21C is part of the collection of our founders. It's part of the 21C collection. Okay. And it's growing, as I said, at a breakneck speed. We, you know, I would say that, that our acquisitions average about 200 per year, which dwarfs what most traditional institutions acquire. Uh, and, the, and I think one of the reasons why that is the way it is is because our founders are the ones that are making those purchases and decisions. They're making very thoughtful decisions about rounding out the, the collection. Our, our cu chief curator and, and director, Alice Grace Deitz, who I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. helps them, guides them through that process. You know, she conceives of an exhibition, and when she is at the fairs with them, will look for work that rounds out not only the collection, but potential exhibition ideas that she has. Um, and at a traditional institution, you have to go through acquisition meetings, yeah. discussing the merits of a singular piece, suggesting why it's a good fit for the collection, uh, you know, as opposed to Steve, Larley, and Alice saying, this would really work well with our collection, and we're going to go ahead and get it. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems to work pretty well for you guys. It's amazing. Yeah. As someone who loves art, um, it's, a, it's a gift to be right. able to work at 21C. And, you know, we, we're in the process of rotating an exhibition right now, so it's one of the best times to work at 21C is through the exhibition rotation process. You get all the new crates, you open them up, and you see this amazing new work that is right from the fairs, and it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys, you mentioned you're growing and you have locations throughout the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Is there what what sort of thought process goes into? Oh well, this works at Cincinnati. This works in Louisville. Is there, or do you guys have the same kind of uh, general idea in all your locations at once, or do you? Does it well, make sense? No, it, it absolutely makes sense, but it's hard to answer the question because there are two ways in which we approach it. Um, we approach it curatorially as though it is a global, uh, it's a global approach. Mm -hmm. um, in other words, Alice is creating shows based upon what is happening in contemporary society, based upon what is happening in the contemporary art world, and universal themes are explored. Sometimes mm -hmm. that is, is uh, through the lens of a specific region or idea but 
she doesn't change the shows based upon the fact that there, it may it may show in Cincinnati first. Mm -hmm. However, we are very much informed by the regions in which we exist. When we hire a museum manager, that museum manager is someone who is is engrossed in and traditionally has been living in the community that we are going to reside in. Mm -hmm. And that museum manager helps Alice understand what's going on there, the, the, the polemics of that community, the idiosyncrasies of that community. And we, that, that does inform the exhibitions to an extent. Um, that also is an evolving process. So while Alice may conceive of an exhibition and then it will be slated for a newly opened property, um, the museum manager is also introducing her to artists uh, from the region to be featured in what we call our Elevate program. It's, it was titled that because we use the spaces in our elevator lobby <laughs> on our guest floors to show artwork from the community only. Okay. And um, oftentimes that work will matriculate into the exhibition proper, so occasionally will be acquired. Um, and then the, the region is speaking in those exhibitions as well. Okay. So it's 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 highly complex. It does. I mean, it, it. I don't mean to overstate it, but it is. There's a lot of thought put into where we are, what's going on, and who's involved. Um, right. So. Um, it, has there been one particular um, show that's come through here that's that's kind of a favorite or anything you'd like to uh, talk about? Um. It sounds a little contrived, but every show becomes my favorite. The newest show becomes my favorite, and that's because, again, it's dealing with, with things that are so topical. You're introduced to new artists every time. It feels like Christmas. Yeah. Um, of the shows, because of you know, my interest in the outdoors and, uh, and that sort of thing and, and con conservation, I would say hybridity is a... Um, is one of my favorites. It's a it's an amazing exhibition of beautiful work. Some some of the best artists in our collection are, well, they're in every show, but <laughs> some of my favorites are in that in that show. Um, and it deals about the it, it deals with the kind of Anthropocene, the idea that that uh, there is not a part of the planet that is not touched by humans. We are in the the age of the humans, mm -hmm. and how, and the tension between that and the natural world. Um, and it's, it's fascinating to think about, especially for someone who likes to spend time exploring nature. Yeah. Um, so you, you say you're setting up a new show now, you're mm -hmm. rotating something in. Can you talk yeah. to me about what's coming? Yeah, it's Truth or Dare. Okay. And it, uh, it's a very timely show. It deals with the issues of, of fake news, um, what is real, what is not real. Uh, in the public eye and in presentation and caricature, characterization. It deals with issues of, of privacy and, um, and the, the invasion of that privacy. Um, it's a, it's a, I'm still learning a lot of, about it, so okay. I may not, I, I'm, I'm not able to be as eloquent as I would like to be, um, but it's, a, it's got some really great works in it. Great. So. And how, how long will that be up? How long do people have to... Our shows usually run on average 
nine to ten months. This one will be coming down in August of okay. 2019. Okay, so plenty of time. Oh, yeah, plenty of time. Um, one thing that always interests me is, uh, part of it is my job here. I, you know, I work at a nonprofit library, but my specific focus is on um, like making sure we have money to pay the bills. Uh, so kind of where kind of commerce and, and art kind of right. intersect. And it seems that that would especially be um, something to navigate in a hotel slash gallery. Right. Um, do you, how do you, would, do you have any thoughts on that or how does that, how does that work for you guys? A lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, it's not really um, my area. Um, it's not, it's, I focus on the operations of the museum and part of that is me, making sure we stay within our budget, defining that budget, whatever it may be or need to be, and understanding the goals of not only our chief curator, but our business. Um, so, and how that might inform the development of the budget. Um, but then from the standpoint of the business and how it operates, I'm just uh, inherently interested in it. It's because it's a new model. Uh, I, I believe that our our nonprofit model is a, is a flawed one. Mm -hmm. um, after having worked in the nonprofit world for a while, you see where um, donors, um, sponsors, board members, help volunteers begin to muddy the water of a mission, um, and when you understand your mission and you act upon it and your leadership is clear with you about that, there is so much potential. Uh, I think of companies like Patagonia. Uh, I think that's a really great example of a company who, they're actually, I learned about this new business type. Uh, Patagonia is a PBC, a public benefit corporation, hmm. which I hadn't heard of until uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and while we are not a public benefit corporation, I think that that there are some real strong similarities between that way of thinking about a business and uh, the way that 21C operates. Um, Interesting. I used the phrase earlier in our conversation about people coming to us because of who we are, mm -hmm. not because of what we are. Um, you know, if you, if you come in and you just look at, at 21C, you might be given the impression that we are for wealthy people and them alone. But... If you take a moment, you'll realize that we are for everyone. We are open to the public 24 hours a day. And I think that it takes a lot of courage to make a decision like that. Yeah. And live through it. Live it. Yeah. Well, Eli, I, uh, I'm 94% have you here on this podcast to talk about 21C. But I have to mention, um, you mentioned you have a background in architecture and interior design. And you actually have a connection in that in that department to the mercantile. Mm -hmm. So could you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, you had mentioned that the mercantile library is 183 years old at the top of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And it occurred to me that it has been eight years since we concluded the project here, the renovation of the mercantile. And uh, at that time, I was uh, working at a small architecture firm and over the Rhine called Brashear Bolton. And we fought tooth and nail to win the, the, the commission to redesign the space. 
and we're fortunate enough to, to win it. And um, it was one of the best professional experiences of my life. Uh, I got to work with really amazing clients and had uh, a particularly good relationship with, with uh, the people that I worked with at the architecture firm um, and got to really, um, I think I, I was able to enjoy a level of freedom and creative exploration that people my age at the time rarely get to experience. Uh, and and uh, I, don't know, I don't know what else to say other than that. It's, it, was a, it was an amazing experience, and, and I think a, a great space came from it. It's evolved since, since the project concluded, and I think good ways. Mm -hmm. You know, you learn uh, spaces are living and that they change, but um, the mandate was to make it more accessible, was to, make, was to freshen it up, to give more space and more program opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, I hope we achieved that for you guys. Um, but it was also just, I mean, I think it's such a, it was a beautiful space to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, was, it was wonderful to just um, be able to have the opportunity to work in and around such beauty uh, and, and to, to be able to leave your mark on that in any way. Um, it was a privilege. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you did a great job. Thanks. <laughs> and was, we still, was... every day, people come in and comment on... People that knew the space before um, always point out, you know, it's it's different than it was before the renovation, but it's better now, and it still has... It's still connected to the space before, which I think was, was really important to, to us as the staff. Um, to not just chuck everything out. Um, no, it's, I mean, it, you know, going back to our, to parts of our earlier conversation, conservation and the mentality of conservation, I think, is, is an important one to take into everything that you do. Um, not pretend as though the, the world will be better if you change it so much as if you think about what it already is and what it needs and respect what it already has. Mm -hmm. um, the, there's, preservation was very much a part of this project. We wanted to um, take cues from what was already here and leave the legacy intact. You know, one of the, one of my favorite moves was one that was suggested by your former executive director Albert Pyle, mm -hmm. uh, and referencing what used to be the women's reading room and the the kind of intarsia or inlay mm -hmm. of the floor. The, the the that small detail of the traces of the past to me are are incredibly important. But then not having so much reverence as to not do something that's a dramatic and important move, like the pedestals we created for the bust or mm -hmm. the mezzanine and the, and, the, and the the kind of stage that we created. Um, while they certainly reference the existing stacks, they are a departure and um, a contemporary one. Yeah. Well, I, you guys nailed it, I think, so. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that was, it was a wonderful opportunity to work with really great people and Christina Reinersman and Joe Brashear. I was very fortunate. Not to mention, like, the engineers, the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing people. And then, you know, the best projects are ones when your clients are uh, intimately involved in the entire process. And you guys were all really involved in the process. It was great to work with you, Mary, Cedric, Albert. Like, it was a... It was a atypical to say the least and in the best possible way excellent well eli it's always a pleasure to talk to you it's you new to talk to you with the microphone yeah in front of me but 
was no less pleasurable. So thank you for coming and thank for you for to having us. me. My yeah. pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on the Twelfth Story. We encourage you to subscribe via your preferred podcast app. We're available on the iTunes Store and on SoundCloud. If you like listening, tell your friends or tweet at us at Mercantile Lib. That's M E R C A N T I L E L I B. Today's podcast was directed and engineered by me, Chris Messick. Special thanks to our guest, Eli Miners. The Troll Stories are a production of the Mercantile Library in downtown Cincinnati. Our theme music was created by Doug McDermott. Don't forget to visit us online at mercantilelibrary.com, where you can learn about our library, purchase a membership, and find out more about our upcoming events. Thanks. Bye.